0: Oh, good lord! Every week, it's a challenge. It is seriously. We've been doing this now for several months, and yeah. it is just like a grind. Like, like the hardest part of the show is just getting connected.
1: I know. It's I truly really, uh, really feel that way. Well, for me, for those that the reason we're talking about this, my computer just decided it's it doesn't work. I guess I bought a lemon. Well, Lenovo. I've heard are great computers. I guess I bought the lemon, but uh, so it's down. This is on my
0: cell phone. <laughs> well, you look good. You sound well, you sound like you're on a phone, but it sounds it sounds good. It's yeah. it's fine. So and you, and
1: apologies, world, all 10 of you. Well, 12. We decided now that we have 12 viewers. All 12 of you, I apologize. All
0: right, so we got two of us hooked up. Jacob Trasinski is gonna join us, one of the great young players in the sport. He's up to number 25 in the world. And uh, I got to have. I've had my eye on. Had a chance to meet him right away when I first saw him earlier this season. He's just having a terrific 2022. So yeah, he'll join us in a little bit. So we got him connected. So he's back in the green room. So so I think I think we're finally all set to go. Yeah. All right. right, So let's let's actually believe it or not. Let's actually start with cornhole because what a huge weekend in Rhode Island. If yeah. you want to riff on this just a little bit, obviously Jacob and Storm Hogue had a had a huge weekend. Both them, I mean, I know Jacob's from from you know close to Rhode Island up there in Northeast Mass, um, And I think Storm is from Pennsylvania, so I'm not sure how far he had to drive. Probably not too far, but um, man, it sounds like they dominated this past weekend. And then Ryan Smith, and this yeah. is a great example. You know, you and I last week were talking about Matt Guy. Would you take the over or under at at a half a win? in nationals singles events and the, right. and the world championships, you know, I, I took, I, I said, he you know, wouldn't win one. You said he'd win one more, but I think this is why, because, you know, we, we get all these names, you know, these players who are playing so good and then we totally forget somehow we totally forgot about Ryan Smith.
1: Well, you know, I, I think Ryan Smith kind of helped us do that. I mean, his, uh, his performances yeah. haven't been up to his, his past, his past level. And, you know, I, I had talked when we when we did the, uh, you know, we talked about the tournament ahead of time when we were on ACL Live. It was a big weekend for him. It was a big moment. I, I Like, he was a player that was kind of being, you know, we, I've talked about it a billion times with the rookie class that's in now. And last year's rookie class, he's kind of a player that was not forgotten about. But because the depth of talent just got deeper, it just made it that much tougher. And so he was having – I don't know, a little bit of a lull, but going into this, you know, I I I picked him as a player to watch because I felt it was a massive, even though it was just an open, not quite a national, a massive tournament for him just to get a decent result. So for him to win is huge. And one more player, let's talk about Jimmy Humans maxing out on open points.
0: I know, right.
1: Essentially a perfect season in the open season. How does how
2: does that
1: he can't do get that? any more points. He cannot max out any more points. So yeah. he's, he's done. He can't do any more for himself. And that's, that's impressive because it's not like he's been showing up to these opens and there's been a bunch of nobodies there. Now, are they the same fields as Nationals? Maybe not. But are they still loaded with tons of talent? Absolutely. So he's taken his game to the truly elite of the elite status.
0: For sure. All right. So for those who um, are watching us, who are not cornhole aficionados? Can you tell us what that means? When you say someone not has a really. open, I, I really season. can't
1: get into it. We need Trey for that. But there's, there's only so many points you can get in the open season through wins, yeah. accumulating points, doubles, singles, and he's maxed out. He's literally maxed out. He can't, no. if he p- kept playing opens and kept winning, it would be pointless.
0: Yeah, literally so, pointless.
1: It, pointless. <laughs> I mean, you know, for, for the practice, for the fun of it all, absolutely. But he's maxed out on open points, which is just amazing.
0: But all right, so the one thing, because I've picked him a couple times, not that it was a hot take to pick Jimmy Humans because he's right. on fire, but I I did pick. I don't think he has a singles title yet this year, correct? No. I think I, I think he, he's won doubles, right? But I don't I know he's. he's he, I know
1: he's he has been racking up in doubles. I can't remember yeah. if he won one in singles or not,
0: unfortunately. I, can't either. I don't think I don't think I don't he think did, so. But. I don't think so, but that'll be the next. Because I remember, I remember when we talked about him a few weeks ago. I thought, okay, once he gets, maybe maybe he would win on the double side first because he was super close. Well, he was was close in singles too. And I thought maybe he'd win doubles first, and then all of a sudden he'd start rattling off some singles wins. So he's yeah, he's having a hell of a year.
1: Yeah, and he's just taken it to to another level, and it's been fun to watch because we've seen Ryan Smith's a perfect example. We've seen players as these new the last two crops have come in that have kind of taken steps back in their game. Right. Yeah. He's the one player that was there before that is, at, regardless of who's come in, has continued to climb and climb and climb. So to me, that's actually really impressive because, you know, we've seen a lot of this new blood come in. Jacob Trzinski, for example, who have just made immediate splashes on the scene. And here's this person that's been there for a while, but has still found a way to work through all this new influx of talent to kind of reach this elite, elite level.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And that's so are,
1: impressive to me. I mean, that's uh, yeah,
0: that's, it's funny because last week you and I were talking about how we felt like we were in some sort of a, like a weird lull, right? Right, before the season really started to get cranked up again. And yep. now I feel like the juices are flowing with everybody, right? I mean, people are all over social media, and now we're all getting fired up for, for Salt Lake City.
1: Yeah, it's you know, you've got Canada this weekend and uh, Sacramento. Yes. So it'll be our, our first time up in Canada. So Trey will be up there. So everyone's kind of excited about that. Obviously, the West Coast folks are pumped that they get their tournament out in Sacramento. And then that all leads in to Salt Lake City. Yeah,
0: here we and,
1: go. And we did our bracket reveal show last night going through the doubles brackets. And we're now in the point of the season. You know, when we start the season, they do, do it's a random seating, right? The first, you know, in right. Las Vegas, it was completely random. So yeah. you could be either super lucky or there were several folks that were super unlucky with mm-hmm. how the brackets worked out. Well, now we've gotten to a point where it's starting to kind of filter, right? The cream's kind of rising. You're seeing teams and players right, that right. have really risen. They've earned their, their seedings in these, in these nationals. And it's interesting because there's some names, especially you and I, going on the last few years that are way down in those seedings. Way down, yeah. I mean, you know, I'll give you an example. Uh, Jimmy McGuffin, Matt Sorrells, upper twenties in seeds in their bracket. Yes. So w- when you think about that, that means they're in the 80s, close to 90.
0: Well, and this is this is what I've been kind of seeing for a while, and and, and this and this could maybe be a good litmus test for this moving forward. And I, I've I've had conversations off air with Trey about this has there been a sudden shift in the sport like is there is there a total changing of the guard in the sport of cornhole or is this just an anomaly and now all of a sudden we're going to start s- to see some of these players who you know were very familiar names to us no. a couple of years ago i think it's an ten- ab- st- i think certain- it's
1: an absolute shift sorry i think it's an absolute shift i think the new influx of talent has just made it so deep that You know, some of the folks that kind of enjoyed 2018, 2019, the level of play has risen. And I think, quite frankly, I think COVID is somewhat responsible for that because people had, especially a lot of these younger players, had plenty of time, had plenty of time, hours and hours and hours just to work on their game
0: to practice. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, they didn't have to go to work. They didn't have to do a lot of the things that people had to do in the past. So they just had hours upon hours upon hours to work on their game and it shows. Right. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah I, I tend to agree with you. I, 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 believe also that there was, I mean, even, even though, you know, it's been two and a half years for me, two, two and a half years, I've seen an enormous shift just in the past, you know, just in the past year. Yeah, that's year and a half. So I, I tend to agree with you.
1: Yeah, so. I mean, I, you know, people last year talked about how that rookie class, quote unquote, rookie class with the guys, Eric Davis, you know, a few others. That was going to be the best rookie class of all time. And I'm, I've am i been, you know, not really out on a ledge because I think it's proving out that this rookie class will probably be the greatest of all. time. Once and then, again,
0: do we, then do we say that again next year?
1: I don't think so. I think there's only so much talent at this level. And I think we've we've seen it now. I mean, are there going to be five or six players that come in every year that you know are magnificent? Probably. Mm-hmm. But are we going to see a hundred come in that have right. made the splash that they've made that right. have completely re reformatted our pro rankings? I mean, it's completely reshuffled. Yeah. And I don't I don't think we'll ever see that again, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe there's a bunch of kids out there that have just been you know, they've seen it on TV. They've heard your voice and seen your face now, you know, 20, 50 times. And they're like, I can do that. And maybe maybe we'll see that again. But I don't think so. I think the last two rookie classes will be, you know, that the standard is set now. And I don't think we'll see that standard again.
0: All right, dude. I'm super exhausted. That was a shit ton of cornhole we just talked about.
1: I know, man. That's rough, actually. Wow, seriously. All right, how do we, How do we get through it?
0: I don't know I don't know my brain hurts we just talk so much cornhole yeah I mean how, you, how you feeling by the way you feeling better oh, yeah, man I'm back to uh back to square you look, one. you look good you sound good yeah I, but... I know I, I know you're really hurting last week I mean you, last still, you, you, tough. Were, you were a freaking trooper though dude I mean seriously we had to do uh we had to do the breakdown with Canada and Sacramento with Doug yeah. and you pushed through that and then the next day we had to turn around and do borderline and I know you were hurting because I remember you said, you said, you know, later after the yeah. show was done, you're like, I have no idea what I said.
1: Yeah, I really didn't. On the ACL live thing, I I mean, I yeah. kind of remember bits and pieces of it, but I was so hopped up on cold medicine and stuff that I really couldn't quite remember the next day what all I said, which is yeah. kind of scary.
0: You're in bad shape, but yeah. but, but you pushed through. I, I mean, no, no one would have ever known except for you and me. Power to the people, man.
1: Yeah. How's Julie? Julie doing okay? Yeah, she's good, man. She's good. She's uh she's at work right now.
0: Flying through. So we'll bring out Jacob here in a couple of minutes. But the other thing that we'll get to after we talk to Jacob was um you really you really kind of struck a nerve obviously with a lot of people last year when you, or last year, last week when you were talking about social anxiety. Yeah. I had, a, I, had a, I had a quick question for you. And mm-hmm. we'll dive into this a little bit more later, but did And and Kathy was asking me this too. When we talk about stuff like we did last week, with the social anxiety and how you've struggled with that and how it manifests manifests itself within you, does that make you feel better when you talk about it? I think at this age,
1: I don't know if it makes me feel better. I just don't worry about people judging me like I would have, you know, even ten years ago, right? I, I just it's like, hey, man, this is something I've dealt with. This is something people talk about a lot. It's actually because to me, like I had to like kind of go within myself and think about it because I've been very critical in my own mind about people like Naomi Osaka and other tennis players that have talked about. Well, they just don't want to do press because it's it's too nerve wracking. Mm. They don't want people taunting them from the crowd, and it's like, come on, right? Well, then you don't get to play pro
0: sports. Yeah, you 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 make all this money. That's part of it. You go answer the questions. And I mean, if
1: we're willing to come on here and do this for quite frankly, very little, yeah. they can absolutely withstand that barrage that they get. I mean, that's part of, you know, and then, but, you know, like, had, not, she not, now, had she had she never come out and said anything, right? no one would know and she wouldn't be receiving that from fame. You know what I mean? So it's like, if she just stayed quiet and never said anything, no one would have cared. So it's like a double-edged sword. It's like, if you talk about it, then people view you a certain way. And I think for men, I think it's there's a stigma still. I mean it's 2022, but I think for men, it's very like, you know, you don't say anything about it because who cares?
0: Mm.
1: You're you're a man, tough it up, right? Yeah. You can't, you know, not that we expect women to be a certain way, but I think women have been much more vocal about these mm. types of issues throughout I, time. I and I don't think I'm the only guy that has this issue. I mean, yeah. I'm quite sure that I'm not, but I think I'm, you know, at least willing to talk about it because look, it's affected my work at the acl it's affected what i've done at nationals it's affected what i've done because there are times when your brain or my brain will just say no it's not happening mm-hmm. and we'll find ways to make it not to happen it just physically manifests itself in illness you're right. not going out of this room today
0: well and that's, that's hard to I,
1: explain well, to people it's hard to explain because people yeah. are like well tough it up just do it and it's like i, I hear you yeah I, I want to to be that way like you know it's it's
0: it's crazy more to it than that There is. There's much more to it than that. That's why it's so important. We'll we'll get to uh, Jacob. He's waiting back in the uh, waiting room. We'll get to it. But uh, so important not to judge people. I mean, if there's one thing I've tried to instill in my kids is just don't judge people by the way that they look, by the way that they act. Get to know them first. You never know the journey that someone is on behind the scenes. A lot of times, and like you said, a lot of times that I'm going to tell you, but you never know a journey that someone's on. So please don't judge them. If you don't want to be friends, you don't want to talk to them, that's fine. Don't judge them. Yeah, you are not. You are not in the spot to judge someone until you truly know them as a person. I mean, look at that. I, I never knew. I never knew a lot of the stuff that you and I talked about. Yeah, but yet, I, but yet, I've known you for two years. Yeah. You know? So I mean, you just well, can't it's not.
1: It. I mean, and, and the funny thing about it is talking about it's kind of weird because you talk about not judging people. Like I guess I get a little judgy when I see people just putting all their issues out on social media or always talking about things. I mean, that's not. No one wants to be around that, right? Because it's kind of.
0: Well, it's, it depends. It, it depends, Bertie. I, I, yes, I do agree. And this, this is another huge topic we can talk about. I do <laughs> agree that there are some people, I mean, I call it um, ASB. I don't even know if that's an official term. Attention-seeking behavior. Absolutely. And, that, and that drives me just, I mean, it just strikes a nerve with me. I just, I can't stand that. And however, however there, there was a therapeutic side to it, you know, and how, and how certain people, um, you know, deal with tragedy or deal with setbacks. And that's, I guess that's why I kind of asked you to begin with, you know, does does this yeah. make you feel better? I mean, no one is going to listen to this and think that this is ASB for you. Attention, sinky behavior. This, this, this feels, and it is real. And, and I, and I just, I'm just hoping that, you know, by talking about this, by you talking about it, it makes you feel maybe a little bit better. And by other people hearing it, maybe it helps them.
1: Yeah. Better. That's really the only reason why I said it. Maybe, maybe there's, yeah, especially in our sport. I mean, I, I, Quite frankly, I know of a couple of people that have discussed that, you know, they they struggle when they get on the boards. They struggle like when they're playing in their sure. local blind draw around their friends and family and they're, you know, they're at home and they feel comfortable. They don't have it. You know, everyone gets stage fright. And what I'm talking about is not stage fright. It's you know That's normal nervousness that every human has if they're going to be in front of other people speaking or what what have you. Yeah. That's normal. You actually if you don't have that, there's probably something wrong with you. What I'm talking about is much deeper than that, and it's it's it really kind of tears you down from the inside, and it's it's something that when people deal with it, you don't want to have it. It's not something that you're excited about. But to your point about attention-seeking behavior, like I I worry about that. Am I walking that line, right, of attention-seeking behavior? Is it too much? Do you pull back on what you say, or are you, you know, I think this platform allows me to be more open about it because. Yeah. We are trying to get that kind of thing out there in the world to say, "Hey, man, it's tough to deal with." You know, let you know sometimes kind of give people a little bit of a break.
0: Yeah, and I think I think one of the big differences too, Bernie, is that you're so real about it. Like I'm asking you about it, right? There's a difference. I, I you know, I, I'm asking you, probing questions about it, right, to get you to talk about it. You're not proactively saying, "I'm talking about this today," and right. making it making it about yourself and constantly bringing up. And making you know it the focus of the conversation. I'm I'm pulling it from you. I feel like so. I think yeah. there's a huge. I think there's a huge difference. So
1: well, good. That makes me feel better.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. I, I I just want to make sure you're comfortable with it. And it makes you feel better because I mean, I'm good. That, man. That, that's why I started it last week by saying, "Hey, listen. If you don't want to talk about this, we don't have to talk about it." So yeah,
1: it's it's something that I've dealt with for so long that at this point it's kind of just a piece of my personality. Yeah. So it's not like I'm talking about some great. Tragedy in my life. It's just another piece of who I am. Right. Yeah. So it's like, it's not that big of a deal to me, but it's not something I would talk about in a random setting somewhere, um, you know, at dinner. Right. Let's say, but you know, I, unless, you know, I don't know, I'll talk about anything if people ask me about. It.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. You're not putting it out there. You're only talking about it cuz people are asking you about it. So, yeah. I think it's a huge difference. All right, we got Jacob waiting for us. So, let's do it. Let's uh let's get to it again. We were talking about the huge weekend in Rhode Island. Welcome to Borderline Episode 26. One of seriously, one of my favorite players to watch. A great young personality. I've only known him for a few months. Jacob Trzinski, number 25 player in the world, and brother, hey, thank you so much last minute for joining us today. I appreciate it.
2: No problem. No problem.
0: All right. So let's get, let's do the obvious stuff first. How far of a drive? So you, you live up by Lowell, Massachusetts. Yeah. Um, so how far of a drive was it to Rhode Island? It couldn't be too far, was it?
2: Uh, the ride there was like an hour 45. The ride <laughs> back was at night. So it was like an hour and 15. Wow. It's not it bad at all. No, nah, it wasn't that bad at all.
0: So did you, all right. So stupid, obvious question. Did I mean, Is there such thing as home court advantage in cornhole? Did that make you feel comfortable?
2: I mean, I've played there before, so I would say so. Like, I mean, like, all, you see the other open events. Like, I've never been to these venues or anything. I've been to that venue before. So, I mean, I guess I was comfortable you.
0: For those who don't know, by the way, Jacob and his partner Storm Hogue just won the doubles open. And again, for those of you new to the sport, Cornhole is somewhat similar to golf, where we have basically a PGA Tour of open events. And then we have our majors, which are called nationals, and then the world championships. So what Jacob and Storm won this past weekend was basically a, a PGA Tour Open is what it was. I mean, it's a huge it was a huge deal for you guys to win it. And Bernie was talking about this earlier. Sounds like it was a, a big field there this weekend as well.
2: Yeah, it was definitely a big field, I would say. I mean, there's the most amount of people I've ever saw in that venue before.
0: I got I got a question for you,
1: Jacob. We talked about this. Jeff and I have talked about this before. I talked about it again last night during the Bracket Reveal show with Trey. You played with Storm at the yeah. O. You played with your pro partner. Do you feel that that gives you an advantage, not just in the open, but going forward into the nationals that you're just getting more and more bags in more and more comfortable with each other, knowing each other, knowing each other's games so well that you feel comfortable no matter where you are. Do you feel like that gives you an advantage because you've been playing together in the open series?
2: Yeah. We've talked about that in the beginning of the season. I feel like chemistry is like underrated and, cornhole you see a lot of the guys like switching up and the opens and everything I we want to stay together and pretty much everything we can
0: and then my 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 follow-up question for that always is why Jacob why why I mean you know you're such an athlete back in high school and we'll talk about that you're you're an incredible football player and uh, baseball player set a school record in batting you know we, we talk about teamwork and that type of stuff and, and team chemistry when it comes to baseball and football and basketball. Why, why, why is team chemistry important in cornhole?
2: You're always comfortable. I mean, like you'll see guys at times where they have a partner and you can just tell by the way they act, like they're not comfortable at all. Like even when like they're just throwing like any bag, like doesn't matter, just plain hold. Like they won't be like confident at all. And I can I can read that. Like I don't know if other people can, but I definitely can read that. If I'm watching a game and I can tell if someone's comfortable or not with their partner.
0: Yeah, makes sense. I, I
2: think that's uh I think that's an interesting point. And that's
1: why I'm that's why I brought up the point because you know you're going through these some of these players are going through this open series playing with different folks, different bags. Then you get to a national, you've lost an opportunity to throw how many bags with your, I mean, I I just, I I don't understand it. Now I get it. If it's a work issue, like, you know, your partner's not able to get away for X amount of opens. You don't have the ability to do it. I understand that, but I don't think that's all it is. And I think these guys and girls that are playing together in the, in the pro division, I think they're missing out on an opportunity to make
2: themselves better as double seeds. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I would agree. I would definitely agree on that.
0: Hey Jacob, what what uh, this question we, that we get from people who watch the show that they want us to ask you guys? And we had Noah on a couple of weeks ago. I should have asked him and I forgot, but we'll we'll bring him on again sometime. But what how much do you practice? Like at, at what point in your your cornhole career did you decide? And maybe this two two separate questions. Like let's let's start with this one first. At what point did you did you get where cornhole playing cornhole? became more serious for you like you realized like give us that moment where all of a sudden you realized hey you know what I, I might actually be able to do something with this
2: uh my first regional um it was in dairy it was like 30 minutes from me I went and I was I thought I was good at the time and I was playing uh competitive singles and I was watching advanced um I was watching Tony and he was rolling doing all that he was doing everything and I was just watching, like, what? Like, I didn't know this game was, like, that complicated. <laughs> so, then I saw him, and I was like, there's no way. I'm not like, I, I need to get there. So, that, that gave me a drive. Seeing this kid, like, just ball, I was like, I need to do that.
0: And when when was that? Was that, what, like, time frame? Like, a year ago, <laughs> uh, years
2: ago? Oh, yeah, like a year ago. Probably, like, a year and four or five months. Maybe a little beyond that. Maybe, like, six That's months. That's kind of
1: crazy. That's really not that long, if you actually think about it.
0: Ex- I was thinking the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So then, the next question, and this is this is really the meat and potatoes everyone wants to know. So, all right, so so you see him play, and yeah. you're like, "Wow, I I want to do that. I I can do that." Yeah. So so what? When did you make that commitment? And and how much practice did that take? Does it take? I mean, what what level of commitment did you instantly take your game to then?
2: Um, I mean, I would say my commitment started that day when I saw him like balling, like he was like just cooking everyone. I was like, I was like, sheesh. So, then, I mean, I just went home, I got my carpet bags and I started off with them throwing the BGs and then I just started trying to practice every day in my backyard. I mean, as long as it was nice out, I mean, not raining, then I'd be out there every day.
0: So how much. How, how much practice time do you put in?
2: Now, when it's nice out, I'll be out there all day. Like today, I went to the gym and then, I mean, if I didn't have the podcast, I'd be out there right now throwing.
0: Wow.
1: I think that's the difference, Jeff. That's what I was talking about. I think this rookie class, especially a lot of the younger guys in the rookie class, have had so much time to practice. And I think it's helped. I mean, look, you know, Malcolm Gladwell's book, you know, he talks about the 10,000 hour theories, right? You have savants that can pick things up, you know, fairly quickly, but the average person, regardless of how talented they may be, still needs about 10,000 hours of practice to become an expert at whatever their field is. And I think.
2: Keep going. Huh? Keep going. Keep going.
1: No, so, no. I, I just think that, you know, when you get all those hours in and all those bags, it's helpful.
2: Yeah. I think, um, I, to be honest, I don't really believe in talent. I, If I'm going to put in the hours, I'm going to put in the hours. Like, if I'm going to go out there, what, like, people will do it for 30 minutes. I mean, because probably it's all they got. But I'm like, sometimes I'm out there all day, like, seven, eight hours just throwing. I mean, I'll obviously take a break because I obviously need to. My arm's like dead half the time. <laughs> And then I'll just keep throwing after I get my rest. But other than that, I mean, it's the only way to get better practice.
0: Well, it's, it's interesting. I don't think I've ever asked this one before or asked anyone this before. Or if I have, maybe we haven't really dived into it um, in much detail. But you mentioned that you still like to work out. And then you just mentioned yeah. that your arm can, can get dead sometimes. So how much do you feel like physical fitness now is starting to – you know ease its way into the sport or or be a significant factor
2: um you can say
0: none (laughs) really
2: i mean i would say in the last week was the first time i ever complained about my arm hurting because of lifting and i I i didn't say that i didn't tell anyone but i mean i just took ibuprofen i mean i was fine i had my adrenaline going so i mean i wasn't really too worried it didn't hurt that much but it definitely like i was like damn my arm's hurting for once like so, so, do, okay. so do
0: you feel like maybe working out hindered
2: um because i mean, I was, I
0: mean, you're, I mean you're, you're you're too young but but back yeah. in the day Bernie'll remember this bernie remember back in the day baseball players were discouraged from He'll working go. out because yeah. because it was going to make them too bad too stiff
1: everyone yeah. besides football players were discouraged football players know. and wrestlers were the only people that were told to lift everyone else was told not to that it would ruin I remember growing up where basketball players, even though some lifted, not many did, because it might ruin your shot. Right. And then they realized that was a bunch of junk. And then baseball players, especially pitchers, right. You didn't want to become too muscular to where it would hinder your arm motion.
2: So I think, I think with cornhole, I feel like the motion is so simple. So it really shouldn't hurt my arm. That's why you see me throwing slick sides sometimes. So like I, it should just be that simple. Like there's no one playing defense. I, in my head, I feel like every bag should be in the hole or straight on with that hole. Like right. that. That's that just me, though.
0: Hey, I ain't mad at you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bernie knows I love that game. Well, I love hey, that game. Here's that's my just, thing. I'm, my waiting, like, I'm waiting.
2: I'm waiting. No for one the in time. my face like telling me I can't put the bag in the hole. Like, come <laughs> on, like put the bag in the hole.
1: I'm wi- I'm waiting for the time. That's interesting. You bring up weightlifting. Like, I'm, w- I'm wondering when we have our Tiger Woods effect. Yes. This kid comes along. He's the best athlete. He's the most well-trained. And then just starts to dominate the game. And then everyone tries to copy that person. I don't know if it'll happen in our sport, but it seems to happen in every sport. And I'm wondering when that time will come.
0: Well, we do, we do have a guy who won this weekend who happens to be just a little bit fit. Yeah. yeah, he's, he's a tough. Yeah, he, I'd say he's in pretty good shape. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, if you look at both, both Jacob and Ryan. yeah,
1: right. I mean, you're talking about two in shape kids who probably have four percent body fat. I think my, I think, I think my my upper arm has twenty four percent body fat.
0: <laughs> 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 oh, that's good. <laughs> hey, so, uh, so Jacob, so we're talking about other sports, right? Yeah. And and um. Oh, one more quick question on your routine. Another yeah, question yeah. That, we, that we get from people. How, how do you practice? Like we've talked with Jordan about this before, another great young player in the sport. So he will actually put bags on the board and practice situational throws basically. So how, how do you practice?
2: A hole for hole. I mean, you see, the, you see the best games, they go for an hour long. What are they doing? Four for four, four for four, four for four. I I think if there's a block on the board, I mean, that's just the game. You're going to have to throw a cut bag or roll. The only way you're going to beat someone is putting four bags in the hole. If you can't do that, then – That's why he's my guy, Bernie. That's why he's my guy. I know. I know. That's why, I mean, if if I'm ever practicing, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just play hole. I mean, I try to put as many bags as I can in a row. I mean –
0: I'm gonna, I like cut, I'm gonna cut that clip from this yes, show. Yes, you are. I know you are. Gonna that's gonna be our that's gonna be our that's gonna be Jacob, part of our new open.
1: Jacob, yeah. just to let just to let you know, we've had an ongoing battle of what the best way to play is. And Jeff has stated many times that he feels that the average sports fan would much rather see someone throw hole for hole for hole for hole, for hole as many times as they can, where there's this old kind of feel in Cornhole, where you've got some of the older players that want to throw blocks, that want to dirty the game up, and that that's not. And Jeff contends that's not as attractive on television. I actually agree with him, but I just like arguing the point.
2: <laughs> oh, the <laughs> truth comes out. I feel like people would definitely much rather like seeing a block and then the flop, flop, push routine, like as a strategy. Right. But that creates a game of no error, which is like really like taught like next level, I would say. I, I agree with you. that. that's what I'm trying to work at. But when I obviously when I play certain people, I'm not going to be trying to do that at all. It's just going to be whole, right?
0: Right. Yeah. I guess my point, Jacob, is has always been that, and it's and it's just because of me being the every, everyday fan of cornhole, and mm-hmm. then just you know because the people the people in my circle are not cornhole pros. They're enthusiasts. They love to watch us. It's entertaining. They love it. They absolutely love it. And maybe, you know what? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's a small sample size. I don't know. Maybe it's too small of a sample size, but in my circle of people, and and just, just a little bit outside of that circle from when we travel and talking to fans, they absolutely just geek out. And so do I. When you guys hit 16 in a row and then the next round, 20 in a row, all of a sudden he's up to twenty eight in a row. Now thirty-two in a row. I mean, that's that's like it's such it's such great TV. I get it. Maybe not the best way to win. You're not gonna maybe beat Matt Guy like that, but it's so exciting for fans to watch you guys when you are absolutely just just on fire.
2: I think that's what I think that's where a lot of people get their nerves to come out. When they when they know that they put sixteen in the hole or twenty in the hole, then their heart will start to get beaten like. That's why I practice in my backyard. If I'm putting 25 in the hole and I'm and no one's watching me and my heart's beating, like why why is my heart beating so fast? Because I have 25 <laughs> in the hole. Who cares? Yeah. It's funny because even like you gotta, the top, you gotta you, overcome that. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, it is. And and that's what we talk about, and that, that's been a great thing about the show is talking about the mental um hurdles yeah, yeah. and the mental focus that you guys have to go through. Because even a guy like Noah Wooten, we talked to him last, last week, and Noah said, Noah said, anytime he's on a roll and he says to, and he says to himself. Dang, I think I've just hit eight or 12 in a row. Yeah. Boom, the next one's off the board.
2: Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that's how it is.
0: Well, hey, I, so you're talking about nerves. Another thing I wanted to touch on with you, and, and I know we're going to quickly run out of time, but you told me when I first met you a few months ago how much you love the crowds. You've obviously yeah. played in front of crowds in high school and football and in baseball. You yeah, love like- the crowds to be loud and into it. Um what has your experience been like with the crowds in Cornhole and and is that still your opinion that you like the the crowds to be loud?
2: Oh yeah, I I would not change that opinion and probably till the time I die.
0: I love that. (laughs) I love
2: that like energy. I mean, I I fed off it in any sport I ever played, so I mean I wouldn't I would keep keep it going, I guess.
0: Yeah. Do you feel like they turn do they feel like they, they turn on you ever? Um not necessarily. Okay. Because I remember one time you finished up a match that you won and you were frustrated and you said, now I'm the bad guy? Now I'm the bad guy?
2: Yeah. So um, <laughs> I, I tend to keep my mouth quiet because I definitely will run my mouth and I obviously have to keep that professionalism. <laughs> and so like, if someone's going to chat and like go against me, then I'll, I'll start chatting and go against them to make me more fired up because that will just make me shoot better. Like, in I football, love it. I love football, it. I ran off like talking like <laughs> people don't realize that. <laughs> I think it's good for the game. I mean, look, every
1: other sport I've ever played. Well, long, even back when I played high school sports back in the 80s. I mean, chatter was part of the game.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't do it as much in Cornhole because obviously you guys were talking about like you can't judge a book by its cover. But like people will just like. Even like if it's their first time watching me, if they see me like chatting or anything, like they'll be like, "Oh, this kid's like a dink or whatever you want to say." I mean, like that's <laughs> not me, so I don't want to come off like that. So that's why I really don't talk as much as I wanna. Like this past weekend in Rhode Island, like when we played Jimmy and Tony, like I was, I was definitely talking more than I ever, ever did.
0: <laughs> well, I like it. I'm with Bernie. I like it too, and I and I'd like to see more of it. And I've you know I've talked to guys like Adam Hisner, and I've talked to to um Jamie Graham about it and even though Jamie's not a you know a loud player yeah. um, you know these guys who've been around for a few years they kind of miss that because I feel and Bernie you can yeah. speak to this better than I can it, it's 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 an element that has kind of changed over the years because I think it used to be a louder sport I think maybe you used to see a little bit more of it
2: I, um,
1: I I don't think so much overall I think there were a few players that got that way Adam hisner for example is always going to talk he and Cody are always going to talk uh, Trevor Brooks would Trevor. let you know how he felt, Yeah. but I think the old guard didn't talk at all. They just kind of, you know, you know, would, would, it was, it was very polite, almost a gentleman's kind of game. And, and that's fine. But I mean, you know, now that the money's picking up and you're playing for real stuff, I mean, it's time to, I mean, you got to play other games than just the game that's on the board and the mental games part of.
2: It. Yeah.
0: Hey Jacob, what is what is your what is your, we talked to know about this as well, and talked to a lot of players. What what is the self talk in your head when you're playing? What what do you what do you what are you saying to yourself? How do you keep yourself motivated? How do you keep yourself focused, positive? Like what do you, what do you talk to yourself uh, about?
2: I don't know if you want. I mean, I just tell myself I'm going to kill the person to the neck, to the left of me or to the right of me. <laughs> like, I'm going to bury them. Like if I if I don't miss a bag, they they're not going to score. Right. Okay, then. That'll work. <laughs> I, feel like the fu- I feel like the future of the game is going to be definitely talking. Like, the Gore brothers, like, oh, yeah. they will 1,000% get in your head. Like, that's not me, because I, I my dad is, like, 10 times more than they will ever talk. Like, he will get in your head so easily. So, like, he gets me right. So, if, like, someone is ever talking, that kind of, like, helps me, because my dad's just been there doing it all freaking since I've been 10 years old, just talking Mad, sh- mad
0: shit. You can say it. It's okay. It's a podcast.
2: Yeah, I know. I didn't. I didn't want to freaking. Swear.
0: <laughs> so, are you close? Are you close with your dad? I mean, is he? Is he still? Does he try? Like, I've met your mom,
2: but yeah, does, he, your, does your dad ever travel at all? He's trying to go pro as well. Oh, okay. So, I mean, I don't know what's gonna happen for the next season, but I mean, he's definitely been putting in the work. It's tough. It's
1: time. tough out there now. It is tough to qualify now.
2: I so will say, good. I will say he can roll. So for old man, he can roll back.
0: <laughs> old man, how how old is he? Uh,
2: Forty nine. Yeah, youngster. Be
0: careful, be careful with that old man <laughs> stuff when you're on He's this. He's a podcast. youngster, young man. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, all right. So another question for you. And yeah. again, and again, you know, this is a safe zone that you heard Bernie yeah. and I talking about it. If you want to talk yeah. about it, great. If you don't, yeah. no problem at all. No worries. But, but you, you kind of mentioned it, you know, just a second ago that kind of came mm-hmm. out in your personality when I said to you, what are you saying? And you're like, I want to bury the guy who's next to me. Yeah. So I know that you're intense. And I know you told me that when you played football, it was, it was, it was great for you because you could get the anger out. Yeah. What, what, what what does that mean? I mean, did you did you? It's kind
2: of what I play with. Like, you'll see me if I throw a bag off to the left. I feel like I didn't throw it with enough anger, or not of no. I wouldn't say enough anger, but enough determination because I know I can put the bag in the hole.
0: Like, did you need football to help you with 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 anger when you were like like Were you an angry kid?
2: Um, that, I, <laughs> I would say I was in. Not an angry kid, but I would say snappy. Like if some if something like little would happen, I would be like, "Yo, like don't do that or something." Like I'm definitely snappy. Snappy, <laughs> yeah.
0: I like That's a that. Good Way to put it. All right, so I asked I asked your mom this question, and uh, because as as a parent, um, you know, I, I I was never a, a big time player on any major level at all. Like I play yeah. I played football, never started. I played basketball, never got into the game unless we were up or down by thirty. So, so really, I can't ever say that I really had a lot of nerves as a player. However, <laughs> as a parent, I can tell you it's nerve wracking as hell to watch your kids play and perform. Yeah. So I asked your mom, I said, because, because it seemed like she was really like on the edge of her seat. Yeah, um, when I saw, is. last time I saw her, I think it was Atlantic City. And so I just walked up to her and I asked her, I, I said, all right. I, I said, I know as a parent that it's nerve wracking. I said, what's, what's the most nervous? You get more nervous watching him play cornhole? or other sports, and she said she was most nervous watching you play baseball, and she said cornhole is kind of fun for her. I thought that was interesting.
2: Yeah, baseball, cause she knew I was that was my best sport, so like if, that's, that's when I would get mad. Like batting, I knew I can hit a baseball, like I told you my batting average was like, it was there. So like if I struck out, like she would get so mad and like I, I would get mad, I would get even more mad than her cause I know I can hit the ball, it's not that hard. <laughs>
1: well did you ever oh that's an interesting question did you ever feel nervous with her there because i did playing high school basketball i got nervous when my mom was in the crowd and she was at every game
2: nah i feel like if, if she was being loud and like kind of yelling at me i feel like it wouldn't like give like not my uh i wouldn't say ego but like it would just put my head like just try harder try harder try harder
0: all right, speaking of family, got got one more for you and then we'll wrap things up. So, no, another no thing problem. that you and I talked another thing that you and I talked about uh when I first met you was your grandmother, right? Don't you have a tattoo? Yeah,
2: yeah so I have Meemaw. I call her Meemaw. So, I I got that about like a year and a half ago cuz she has um Parkinson's and it led to dementia and all that type of stuff. So, I mean, maybe that's where I get my anger for trying to put every bag in the hole and so yeah. I get it. Yeah.
0: Well I love I love that, that you have that yeah I love that you have that tribute to her and then and then last one the other tattoo tell me the story about the lion while we're talking about tattoos.
2: Oh yeah, because I let that one out. I mean <laughs> I, don't, you know, I, don't, I mean, you,
0: we don't again we don't have to talk about it. I just thought it was so cool no, story. no
2: you're good. So I always I like if anyone ever asks me like why I got it, I'll just be like, Why is the lion the king of the jungle? And they always just look at me like I got four heads, and um <laughs> I'm like they're not the fastest, the cheetah's the fastest, they're not the biggest. Elephant's the biggest. Why are they king of the jungle? It's their mentality. You've got to have a good mentality. If you go through life with a bad mentality, then it's just. <clears throat> so true.
0: Yep, it is. It's just hey, hey, on that, what a great way to end. Hey, Jacob, I, I truly, man, I, I, you can ask anybody, Trey, Bernie, anyone else uh, in the sport, I have truly loved watching you play and uh, and and, uh, and love meeting you from day one i knew you're going to be special in the sport and look forward to following you
2: thank you thank you i appreciate it all
0: right brother congrats on the win we'll talk to you again soon thank all
2: right you. Jacob, take care see ya
0: love that kid i'm telling yeah, you man. Love that. I mean, the, the the younger. Well, I love the old guys too. We talk about how much they've they've meant to to me in my broadcast career. Some of these younger guys. I mean, I love talking to Jordan. We've had very similar conversations. I really- Jacob's one of those guys. He's he's just he's just energy, man. He 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 just he's one of those guys that you need to surround yourself with in your life. You need to have people like that around you. He's going to make you better.
1: Yeah, it's it's so much better for us to have people like Jacob. Right. Because there are some really great young players that haven't they don't know how to come out of their show. And I, mean, I, I won't I won't say his name, but he performed very well in Atlantic City. And his mother came up to me because we, we did a little interview segment that never made the broadcast, but we did it. And his mother came up to me after the interview segment was like, he's never said that much to me in one city. Wow. And it wasn't a lot. <laughs> it's just, you know, some of the kids struggle with kind of letting be who you are, man. It's okay to let people know who you are. It is yeah. okay. Yeah, you know? we
0: touched on that last week, right? Yeah. You, be, you be you. You, you be have you. to be you. You're, you're nobody else. And right. the same way with me. I I, I, there, I can try to, to, to be like other broadcasters, but, but it's just not going to work. I mean, right. I've, got, I've got to be me. You've got to be you. And you know, and then you know, the
1: the argument against that is, well, what if being you is just being quiet and not saying anything? I mean, I guess, but I doubt when you're hanging out with your friends, you're just sitting there not yeah. saying, anything. right? I mean, I, I just I doubt that's really the case.
0: Right. All right. Before we run out of time, we only got about five minutes left. But but I want I wanted to, uh, I guess I guess kind of apologize because the way that we wrapped up the show last week, I. Cause I, I feel like I kind of railroaded the conversation there at the end and, and I don't, I don't mean to op- oversimplify, um, you know, what, what you were going through and what you continue to go through, you know, with the whole social anxiety thing yeah. at the end of the podcast, I was just talking about, because you said that you've tried a lot of different things, but, but, you know, maybe mentally there are things that you can do to help yourself. So I think that was all I was trying to do is just, oh, yeah. have you, have you ever tried to just like mentally, like think positive? write things down, try to journal. Have you ever tried I've, to do I've gone problem?
1: through, I went through a phase where I was, I practiced mindfulness and it's an actual lifestyle. Sure. And, uh, I mean, it was, you know, I would do minimum 10 minutes of, uh, God, my brain's not working. Jeez. Uh, meditation.
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: And I would, I would do that for a minimum of 10 minutes, dark room, quiet. You have to find as quiet a place as you can and allowing yourself to be Like it's, it's like a lot of times when, when you hear that, you don't really understand what's happening, but at the beginning of that, the thoughts that are racing through your head are truly racing through your head. And it's super loud and aggressive inside my head anyway, you know, after about the fifth or sixth minute, you just kind of slow down and your brain starts to relax and you kind of, I mean, you know, it's a process you're guiding yourself through it. And then, you know, it it was amazing how rested I felt every day when I did that. I don't know why I got away from it. It's just, you know, you convince yourself that it's hard to find 10 minutes of quiet. It's not. You can find 10 minutes of quiet.
0: It's so hard, isn't it?
1: It, it is, but it's I really not. I, mean, I,
0: I, I totally agree with you. It's, it seems so difficult. I would love, I miss reading, right? Right. I, I bought myself a book. I'd love to start reading. And uh, it, I don't know why it's so hard to find 10 minutes of a day. Our lives have gotten so complicated and busy, right?
1: Yeah. And, but, but it's, it's there. You just have to force yourself to do it. And for me, I've got to get in better physical shape. I mean, it's been said a million times by a million different people, the better shape you are physically, the better your brain's going to be. Yeah. It's just a fact. Yeah. It's just totally going to, op- it's just going to operate on a higher level. And so yeah. I've got to start doing that and those types of things. And maybe, you know, another thing, and it's a really, it's kind of a crime in this country. If you want to get help psychologically, it's expensive if you yeah, can't, yeah, for sure. yep. if you can't afford to do it, you don't get it. Yeah. And that's, uh, maybe something, you know, we could talk about healthcare and healthcare. It's just not physical healthcare. I mean, you have mental healthcare and it's super expensive and it's not covered by insurance. So mm. if you want to go to a psychologist and talk things out and, and have someone kind of give you a framework and help you, you better have money. And that's, that's awesome for those that do. Right. But, the vast majority of folks in this country don't have lots of money, don't have hundreds of dollars that they can just throw away every week or every other week.
0: Yeah, it's expensive. So, you're right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you, brother, for opening up on all that stuff. Very, I mean, it's fascinating to talk to you about that the last the last couple of weeks. You, you want to wrap up? We've got a couple minutes left. You want to wrap up with, with a happy meet, Jeff and Bernie? Because yeah. I've, I've got a stupid fun question for you all right. again that I don't let's, know about you. I mean, I think, I, think I know the answer just because of traveling. Yeah. But it's so funny because when I got into the sport of cornhole broadcasting, I really thought that it would be because I love country music. So I really thought that country music would be playing all the events. And I walk in and, and it's like hip hop. Yeah. You know, I mean, it is. And sometimes I feel like I'm like I'm walking back into the 80s and Run DMC is going to walk in and start playing some cornhole. Dang right. All right. So what is what is your and if you want to name a couple, that's fine. What is your favorite, I guess, favorite type of music and or favorite band? Oddly enough,
1: I mean, probably my favorite type of music, well, it's 1A it's it's and 1B, I mean, they're kind of tied, is alternative rock, kind of more alternative indie rock, and old school hip-hop are my two. that I really, really, those are my two favorites. I can't yeah. stand country music. I can't, I mean, it's, it's depressing. It's especially the new pop country stuff is just god-awful. I, I mean, I, it's just, it's so bad. But, you know, everyone has their their likes and dislikes. I mean, I mean, I'm kind of a music snob, which is funny that I'm into some of the old school hip-hop and R&B that I'm into, which I know musically isn't that great. Some of it is, but some of it isn't. And it's funny that I'm okay with that, but I just can't stand certain types of pop music and pop country especially. It drives me insane. I mean, like, to me, uh, I can't even. I, I can't I can't even go down that road
0: with how angry that
1: stuff makes me. It's just awful.
0: Awesome. So, so I'll turn... <laughs> That sounds, like there's, sounds like there's a lot there to unpack.
1: Well, I mean, I just hate it. I mean, and the funny thing is, you know, being a Southern kid, you would think, oh, well, everyone has a soft spot. No,
0: no, it's terrible. Why do you hate it so much? Because it's terrible music. I've not, not heard you hate it's terrible music this much for since one. we were talking about Mike Krzyzewski. It's terrible
1: music for one. Now, there are certain bands that have talented musicians. I mean, you can go back through time with country and bluegrass and find amazing, amazing musicians. But
0: the vast so majority of that talent that you hear on the
1: radio is awful garbage.
0: You don't think Brian has any talent? Or Jason what? Aldean? You think he does? Yeah. Yeah, so their Their musicians are, are extremely talented. I mean, a lot of their musicians are yeah.
1: higher... Oh yeah, they're for hire. They're not part of like. All right, so this, this is exactly part of it. These aren't part of the band. These are people that you hire to make you better. I mean, does that mean you're a good musician and artist? No, you're a clown. That they know that you look good <laughs> enough that they can put out there. And if they put good musicians around you, they know how to make you look good. That's the industry telling you what you should like. That's got nothing
0: to do with music. I think Luke is very talented. I love his voice. It's very unique. He's a good singer. Uh,
1: Dude, you can go go to any karaoke bar in any town in America and find three people that can sing. Yes, you can. They just don't look good enough. And that's the difference.
2: Hmm.
1: And that's pop music. Pop music music is about look and style. It's not about talent.
0: As my mom always said, when you wanted to end an argument, you could be right. That's all you have to say. She said you could be right.
1: Look, pop music's all all about look and talent. It's all I mean, looking looking and it's 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 got nothing to do with musical right.
0: ability. Right. we got to go we're 10 seconds over i didn't mean to, right. i didn't mean to start a don't whole don't <laughs>
1: even get me started <laughs>
0: all right brother good show good to see you <laughs> All right, man Later. all right bye everybody thanks for watching